I want to welcome you all back to part two of my 90th episode and last episode of my Black History Month series. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of the episode. I'm so sorry. You can continue. You just completely... No, 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 no. I, what I was saying with that, with Morgan Freeman, sometimes I, I kind of got his point a little bit because, and I didn't watch the whole video. It was just a little clip on TikTok. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes when you separate stuff, it can offend people. Just like, you know, it offends us just having, well, not offends us, but we're... We want to be more inclusive in American history than just what they teach us. Because that's why I don't like history, because history always told us all it was was all these white people fighting these wars. It didn't interest me because I was like, well, I didn't have a part in that. But then, you know, learning about the part that we did have in it, I was like, oh, man, I do see both sides. Like, I do see why we should have black history. But the only thing I'm saying now is like only thing about black history now, it seems like more people and more people of color black people are not taking black history month seriously mm. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. they'll be like uh on this day and, and and i know it's jokes i get it and sometimes they are funny on this day uncle lester discovered that he wished an inward would you know or something like that yeah you know, those, y'all seen them so i mean like i think we if we're gonna if we want it we gotta be more you know we gotta support it more and I know it's the shortest month and all that stuff, but I just don't see the support. I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just, like I said, I'm just being, a, um, I'm just saying what Morgan Freeman was saying in that interview. And I'm just so, being, so you, think, you know, that was that. So you think by them excluding or having its own content will be offended to if somebody would offend someone? Well, I'm saying like, just see if you no i mean i don't i mean it's not what i believe he was i don't care honestly because if you're a, <laughs> a racist if you're a racist no i'm saying when i say i don't care if it offends them that's what i'm saying but if uh, you're a racist then mm-hmm. are you going to want to learn about black history no but if you put it in that american history and they had to learn it like they forced us to learn their history then i mean like i had to learn their history to pa- to pass school right so if i if but if they separated and gave me a choice I wouldn't know nothing about the history. Okay, yeah, I I see when you put it like that. Yes, I I can see because it's. I, I will say yeah, like it was um, it was optional as well at my school too. Like if you like you had to learn the American history, but like Black history, like it was like a whole different. Yeah. Like you can do that if you want, like um, as a exactly. as an elective. <laughs> but yeah, so I I can see that perspective. Or if they did have like Black history, like having it be required but i don't think that would go over well so <laughs> so yeah i think but, it, yeah. but, it, but it's kind of like a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. who's writing this history yeah right? that's true. so if if it depends on who's telling the story now you can incorporate it but are we having this anglo-saxon tell my story or, or I'm gonna have somebody else tell my somebody who actually went through the fire and understand and it's gonna right. have not gonna have a bias appearance yeah uh, I, I I understand where you're coming from, but I, I for me personally, I think it needs to have its own. It should not be an elective. It should be mandatory. Like I need to force feed you this. I need you to understand what you're what you're facing. And I think Tati's generation is more acceptable to it. Now our generation, the oh, generation yeah. before us, will push back. But I believe Tati's generation will be more accepted to it. Where it be, I'm making you do it. 
but they'll be more understanding of why they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're they're more culturally and uh, immersed in each other's culture versus than we are. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always and the only the guy. only reason I started playing devil's advocate on that is because down in Florida, I know that dude Ron DeSantis is making it a law where you can't teach uh, CRT. Mm-hmm. Like you can't teach. Basically, you can't teach Black history to the schools in Florida, the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, well, if we, you know, I, just going off what Morgan Freeman said, if we make it part of American history, he can't exclude it because now he's gonna, if that's the case, he's got to take it out, and that's what I'm saying because like people are finding ways to, people but, are finding ways to still hold us down as right. we are continuing to learn more and more about how we, you know, help create and evolve this land, you know. I think that's where the the issue comes in is that, like you guys said, like my generation, like Gen Z would probably be more accepting of it, but they have parents and like we have leaders that are from the past generations, like before us who are still in that mindset. So then that's where like the clash comes in at um, of like them. Yeah, but but I don't mean to cut you off, but you're in, but you got to understand now where you are as an adult, like Mm -hmm. You're, you listen to your parents, but you're going to do what you want to do anyway because you're at that age. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not, saying mm-hmm. there's a, not in a negative manner, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're to the... You're Gen Z is to the age where they're making decisions on their own now. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about now that your generation is getting ready to start being in positions of leadership. And so right. that, that tide should start turning a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And so these type of things, we can't, we can't relax and think that, oh, they're going to fix it all. But at the same time, you know, your mom loves you. Your dad loves you. So they'll tend to listen to you better than they listen to a stranger on the street. And so you'll kind of chip away at it, chip away at it. And just for me, I, I just think it, should, it shouldn't it should be inclusive. It should have its own Black history. Because if I'm writing it, it's going to get, you're going to get the true story. But if somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't look like me try to write it, then they're going to get, they're going to just take facts and run with it, you know, and, and, and worry it down to, to appease or make everybody happy and it's not what about sometimes the truth has to hurt sometimes and i think when it comes to blacks in america there's a lot of hurt that needs to be shed light on and it's a lot of truth that they need to accept yeah and i think um i mentioned this in my last episode too about just like um on the real daytime show when they said that every company and every person needs to have like the the jerome the intern is what they called it basically having like at least one black person in every space that you know whether it's like publishing textbooks or clothing companies or whatever just so like they have somebody there that can be like hold on no like that's not appropriate that's not right and even though like again like it's not i feel like it shouldn't always be our responsibility to have thank you but but you know i (laughs) i will say that i mean if you don't want ignorance to be out there, you know, we have to at least have us in all spaces. But, 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 but look how that sounds, though, Tati. Look how that sounds. <laughs> like, that's like me going to school and I'm telling my parents to do my homework. I ain't gonna do my homework. Like, it, you should be, the corporate America should be trying to not necessarily hire and make them do the work. Uh, is this right? Leroy, is this right? Uh, can we go with this? <laughs> Okay, go with it. But it should be, they should want to sit down and have, don't they have focus groups and all this kind of stuff they do all the time? True, like true, you should be yes. You should be doing your homework 
to know what's offensive and what's not acceptable. I should mm-hmm. used to have the token black guy sitting there in a room with, yeah. with, 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 a, with, with a guy was saying, approve, disapprove. <laughs> like, that makes no sense to me. Okay, yeah, okay, so I will say that's true. And yeah, I did not mean to put it like that. But like, okay, so maybe more of like having more intentional like trainings that are yes. like ran by black people yes. and stuff that can be like, when this problem arises, this probably wouldn't be appropriate, you know, all these different things. And so then have that as like a mandatory, like before you even are qualified to work here, like this is like our thing. And, you know, we have a presentation by this person that's going to talk to us about, you know, I mean, I just sat sat at my job and had to go through a two, an hour and a half seminar on conflict resolution. Like you forcing this conflict resolution down my throat. How about ex- inclusion? You know, you know what I'm saying? Cultural inclusion into mm-hmm. the workforce. You know, that's, I, what, that's what I was gonna say. Like all these, all these companies have everything that you're talking about, where they have this training. But the problem isn't the training, because the, the the training is either somebody comes in and they speak for a long time and it gets blah, you know, like blah blah blah. It just goes out one ear, right. mm-hmm. and then the right. other part is they they give it to you in a computer based training where you're just clicking through to get through. So the mm. problem is the inclusion and diversity that's not on the uh, making decisions type situation. So that that board that makes actual decisions or mm-hmm. the CEOs and all that stuff, it needs to be more diverse because somebody's going to tell you. And when I say diverse, you know, Asian, Black, uh, LGBT, uh, something because you don't know, like if I'm running a business, I'm trying to target everybody. So mm-hmm. I don't want to do nothing that offends anybody because I want your money. I want that one color, which is green. I want, your I money. want that. <laughs> yeah. So I need to know how not to offend everybody. And and then if you're making clothing, like, okay, like this is gonna fit a certain way on the average white person than it is on the average black person, than it is on the average Asian person. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know. So it's just the diversity and inclusion and what's happened since the George Floyd um, murder is a lot of companies have started a diversity and inclusion type of program. They're trying to work to some companies, I wouldn't say not a lot, but some companies are trying to work toward that that but, way because they realize like, oh, but the part that you, is all the white, part that you, you know? just said is still missing. The person mm-hmm. in leadership that's making this mandatory, the person in leadership that they don't know which way they're going. You know what I'm saying? They might just call the local bookstore. What you got on inclusion, culture, and, you know, and they were like, okay, let's get that. Let's implement that. You know, versus you have somebody that's on there, like you're saying, that's in the position of leadership to force the agenda, to really make people sit down oh, and yeah. talk about it. You know, it's, this is an uncomfortable conversation. For us, it's comfortable. But I guarantee you, we put three white people in the room and we have the same kind of conversation they're going to feel some kind of way. Even we're going to feel some kind of way even having this discussion, you know, but mm-hmm. it, this discussion has to be had and it has to be to the point where you feel comfortable. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable talking about my culture, talking about the things that happened in the past. I'm okay mm-hmm. with talking about it. I want you to understand it, you know? We may shed mm-hmm. some tears. We may throw some blows, but at the end of the day, we're <laughs> still talking about it. Yes. Yes. So yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> but we're gonna move on to the last topic. <laughs> Another topic? 
<laughs> yes, yeah, so we already um, kind of touched on this, but just like overall, just overcoming adversity just as a Black person. Um, so I don't know, just some things. Uh, I know I, for example, like code switching, uh that's definitely something i feel like i've had to do pretty much my whole life like obviously well i feel like there's code switching um just in general where like obviously you talk to your parents one way but like with your friends it's a whole different way but like i feel like for black people we um again since we're tended to be mocked because of you know using african-american um, vernacular english things like that sometimes in different spaces we have to kind of turn that gear off and just talk in a in a more i guess quote unquote appropriate way for um other people so uh have you guys experienced like what is your guys' experience with code switching and stuff i'm a pro <laughs> I i'm a pro at it yeah and, and, and it happens i'm gonna tell you it happens like it's been like it's, it's been ingrained in you to be able to code switch as a black person to be yeah. able to code switch that it happens unconsciously it does mm -hmm. the phone ring the first thing you do you pick the phone up how do you answer the phone you're gonna answer with the white voice first and then be like it's your homeboy be like ah what's up but then yeah. you know so it's it's everything the way you know the language the grammar you know the grammatical structure of how we you know how we talk our behavior our appearance it's it's something that we have to be able to do uh, culturally we mm -hmm. shouldn't have to do it but it's something that as as a black man in america it's something that you have to be able to turn on and turn off and you have to be good at in order to succeed mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and i and i agree with that um i agree 100 what he said because most of the times it's done and i would say i'm saying most of the time probably 80 percent of the time it's done you code switch if you want to call it in the professional sense but uh, I look at it too like that's what you want you're supposed to have a professional um you know mannerism when you're in your work environment no matter where you work at even if you work at um popeyes or you work at some corporate location you're supposed to be professional like customers always right you have to present the you know the right face but you you code switch all the time and yes you know so it's it's just like like d says it's ingrained in us and it's not a bad thing like People be like, oh, you can't code switch. Like, dude, I want to be able to talk to a crackhead all the way to the president. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta be able to you gotta be able to know how to reach each person. So it's just That's if it. you can do yeah. that, that means that you, you can be successful in life because not only can I talk to a crackhead who's going through some stuff. I can talk to the president of the United States or whoever that's handling world issues, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. and anything in between. So it's just that's how I mean to me that's it's called code switching, but I think that's just survival in in our in our world nowadays. Yeah. Yes. And I and I agree too. Like I, I don't like how I was just talking to somebody about this recently, is just like how um if somebody of another race, because they already have like the stereotype of black people and how they think that we're supposed to talk, but when we actually talk like in a I guess quote unquote proper manner it's almost like a shock of like oh oh my goodness wow like you're so well spoken and it's like no like this is how i talk yeah like this is how i talk and you know and i even think sometimes you know even in the black community they don't make it better because then it turns into a, oh yeah you're definitely not black enough right. because why do you talk like that it's like what makes me less black because i don't talk in the way that it's supposed to 
you know, quote unquote be. So yeah, I think yeah, we just have that's, some internal that's work. That's one of my pet that. peeves. Cause I remember um I had a family member, I won't say I won't say any names like y'all have a name, but I wanna name names. Don't no, don't worry about it, Smash. Um, we we think we know you black enough, Smash. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, like you 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 have your kids, right? And mm-hmm. you send them to school for what? Education. Mm-hmm. You want them to learn everything and learn it properly and all that stuff. So uh, somebody in my family had, you know, talked to um, my one, one of my daughters and they were like, oh man, she talks so white. And I was like, what the fuck is talking white? Mm-hmm. Like she talks proper because she, <laughs> she learned proper English in school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I hate when people say that because and I, I was guilty i said it growing up because i was the environment i was in you know mm-hmm. but it's like that's the proper way to talk i mean growing up i used to try to talk like how people laugh at how like ti uses those big words but i used to use big <laughs> words too i still do but it's because like when i was growing up i used to read like a word of the day in the dictionary because i wanted to know the big words and say the big words because it wasn't normal where i was from and so I can say something and you don't know if I'm talking bad about you or talking good about you because you haven't learned that word. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's why you speak with those big words. I know. Yes. Yeah, I I'm, think. I'm very diligent in everything that I do. Yeah. That's, that's definitely rhyme and reason to everything, Smash. <laughs> yes. And I think like that's just something I always had to grow up hearing. And. I think it's also because like with my dad being in the military, we've lived in a variety of different places. So it's like the way that I grew up like talking, um, it, it just, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, like it just depended um, on where, I mean, I, I feel like my development years, I guess, when you develop language was in a lot of different places, like some like Hispanic based and some like mostly white, um, every now and then like black. So it's like, you know, I just feel like my voice. She said every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it's just kind of like, it it just really, it depended because I grew up in a lot of different spaces with different people. So it just, my language, I guess. shows, but that goes back to show what we talked about earlier about, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up the the culture that you grew up in, you know what I'm saying? You're, You're a product of your environment. And that's mm-hmm. your environment, so you're gonna be a product of it. It's not that it's nothing wrong with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, that's who you are and what you are. You're just being true to self, versus right. you're not you're not trying to force having um, to talk quote unquote white. You're not trying to mm-hmm. force it, but that's just you know you've been around you've been around more white people. You've been, well, you've been around more culturally diverse um, mm-hmm. communities where you understand all all phases of it you know so it's just you're just a product of your environment and, and if both people look at it like that like hey i'm just a product of my environment but i'm not force feeding it then you're right. really more accepting of, of other cultures and other people that don't look like me to to use the vernacular and, and use our the things that we deem as you know culturally appropriate or inappropriate exactly yeah. oh go ahead no i was just saying that's just the same just like we've been saying, just be you. Because if you talk any other way, like if you tried to speak slang that, that some people use in their uh, neighborhoods or environment, you'd be that person that we were talking about um, earlier, like looking at you like, man, you you trying to mock us or something? Like, yeah. Right. Because it's not going to come off right because so you're not genuine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I feel like um, it, it kind of leads to um, like another adversity point that I feel like sometimes like I have and I feel like a lot of black people can relate to is just feeling like you can't make the same mistakes as like your white counterparts. Like sometimes you feel like you you can't make those same mistakes because it's going to be taken to a whole different level if you do it. And so sometimes like I know me, like I, <laughs> I feel like there's some like words or something that like I might struggle to say or like if a white counterpart said something and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means actually. And it's not like a culture thing. Like it's something that like they say it's, it could be like just an in general thing. And I'm like, I don't think I know what that means. And then I'll like feel bad. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm like dumb and like I'm black too. So that really just doesn't make it better. And it's just like, yeah. So I don't know. I agree. I mean, um, working, I've always worked in, in a, a white driven environment. Um, this is my first time working into, working in a completely, everybody from top to bottom, well not top to bottom, the black are the, are the majority. And there is a difference. There's, a, there's an acceptance of mistakes is acceptance, mm -hmm. a different accept, different type of acceptance of mistakes, a different type of acceptance of failure, um, a different type of um, how you celebrate and how you recognize success and achievement. Um, it's totally different. It's, it's on a whole different, whole different plane, and you can see the difference of it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of watching, watching these kids. If like you had a PWI. The amount of second chances at that PWI will be totally mm -hmm. different than the amount of chances at that HBCU. Um, right. So it's something that, again, it all leads back to one thing. Sit down, talk to me, understand who I am, what I am, what am I facing as a black man or a black woman? What am I facing as a Hispanic or what I'm facing as an Asian? And understand, mm -hmm. you know, the cultural differences and similarities and we'll be able to have a common ground and have a better understanding to to work with each other or help each other or you know even discipline one another you know what i'm saying you you, you have mm -hmm. a better understanding on how to do it you know and then so yeah it's definitely a, a there's definitely a distinct difference between the two mm -hmm. for sure yeah and I, I think other just adversity is just like you know um again like I guess like you were mentioning earlier, like not always having to be that one black person in the room to have to explain or answer everything, even down to like in the work environment and stuff or in, well, I guess more work environment than school of like, you know, having to wear your hair a certain way, like um, all the different stories about like locks and dreads and just things that they think add to the stereotype, which, you know, yeah it's just a lot of like having to present yourself in ways that are like societally pleasing i guess right but <laughs> we, we should we shouldn't have to always assimilate like right. we, should have, we should have to we should be able right. to be who we are what we are and be an acceptance of it if i'm not being a no you know i'm not being a nuisance i'm not i'm not being disrespectful mm -hmm. i'm just being me I want to grow my hair out. I want. I don't want to comb my hair. That's just mm -hmm. my that's my culture. Let mm -hmm. me be. You know what I'm saying? As long as I'm not stinking, smelling, I'm, I'm dressed appropriate. You know, let me be. You know, I, you know. I understand that you want to have, like Smash said, you got to have that 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 professional image and how you speak and how you present yourself. But outside of that, if I can make it, if I can 
fit my culture into this professional image, then let me fit my culture into this professional image. It shouldn't be, this is what professional looks like, and this is the only thing that, because that now you're trying to exclude my culture away from what you what you deem as professional. You know, exactly. if I, I got to have a low haircut and I can't, I, I can't grow a beard, who says that's not professional? You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It right. Makes no sense to me. Exactly. And I think that just, you know, if people really understood, like, um, especially just, you know, even amongst us in the Black community, if we just realized, like, um, when we stand together more, like, rather than trying to be in competition or enemies or whatever, like, we would really make it a lot further. So it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of work. But, um, yeah, I definitely think we shouldn't have to, like, change ourselves to fit into a space. I think that it takes a lot. I think it just needs to start with, like, spaces being open for us um, and just, like, being accepting of who we are for, you know, for people just like everybody else so <laughs> I um, yes but i i just wanted to um end this segment off by just saying um the black culture is really just such a unique and incredible culture and i'm very proud of my roots and i'm just hoping we will get to create many more seats at the table like even create our own table um and i believe if everyone just realized that we all really have so much more like similarities than differences at times like we could really come together and just be more compassionate in this world but realistically i, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because there are many people out there still with a lot of hatred in their heart but to the black community you know just continue showing up even in spaces where you think you don't belong because you do um and you just deserve happiness and to thrive and you know go to therapy when needed and don't feel like straight away from things that may be foreign and just keep being unapologetically yourself and for those who are allies in the black community just continue to stand up and call out racism or wrongdoing when you see it and be a support to all those that are around you so that's my little spill. Um, do you guys have anything else you guys want to add? Uh, I think you covered that. Okay, so now into the Let's Discuss segment. So um, I know for my Black History Month series, I've been um, preserving it for like my Let's Discuss segments. I've been preserving that to highlight Black excellence with like more famous Black people. But I actually wanted for this last episode in the series to be about one Black excellence moment we all feel like we've had, like any positives and highlights we feel like we bring to the table. So. <laughs> <laughs> What is one of your black excellence moments? Smash. <laughs> uh, like personally? Yes. Personally, professionally, it doesn't matter. Yes. Wow. Um, I guess um I guess I kinda have two. One the one that jumps out specifically would just be um, you know what I'm saying, uh raising raising my kids, you know. Because I grew up with, uh, I didn't grow up with a dad because uh, he died before I, you know, was born. But just being a part of their lives and always wanted and being involved—that's one of my proud, excellent moments, um, you know, for me. But also, like um, when I was coaching little league and being in the military, mentoring all these people, you know, like people came to you, you 
or advice and just trying to see as a me as a black man i had a lot of black people come to me female and males come to me and try to see how did i progress in my career and i told them the good the bad and the ugly you know i told them that yeah you do have racist people in here but you also have good people as well but you can't be bringing your environmental things in here like you know you can't be trying to be street and you're in the military like mm -hmm. it's gonna have to cut out you know but just mentoring that because like when i was coming up i didn't have that person in the military to sit me aside in the beginning to say this is what you should do later on i had some guys that you know uh my, my boy paul thomas um i call him my spiritual advisor because he's a pastor as well but he pulled me to the side uh years later years later and he was like hey joke you need to stop doing this man because he saw how i was acting and just you know using the words i was using and everything and he pulled me to the side and kind of showed me how i should be how you know what he saw in me and all this stuff and when he did that i just said i wanted to pay it forward so that's when you know i started mentoring people because i was like i could have been I could have been out of here a long time ago, but I'm here. So I just mentoring and uh, raising my family. Those are probably two of my black excellence moments for myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I love that. I, I will say to you, like me becoming a mentor to a young black woman here, it really, yeah, it was just, it was great. And even like, um, I covered a story uh, for our one of our local newspapers, and it was about teen court. Um, and when I went, there was like one of the, I guess, directors of the program. He was also Black, and he was like, you know, we really need people like you to come in and mentor these people in this program. Um, and it just like, it made me happy. I was like, oh, you see the potential in me? Okay. Like, I, was like, so, I think it, um, I think it's good. It's definitely an honor to just have like somebody really looking up to you and like looking for your words of encouragement and advice to just guide them. And also I will say my my other black excellence moment would be just making it into UF at all. Um, oh. and, <laughs> yes, y'all know that's my favorite, that's my favorite excellence moment in life. Oh. <laughs> They let me in, they let me in. <laughs> yes. Um, and just like, you know, graduating with like, you know, honors like magna cum laude. Like That's I just awesome. didn't I didn't think yeah, I would so. do things like that. So I just I'm very proud of myself and for persevering, even during times where there were, you know, some not racist, but maybe some prejudice things that happened and you know, kept going, kept going and didn't give up on myself and continue to show up for myself. So I'm very proud of those things. So yeah, I, I will say you you graduating with honors and everything that you know that's a round of applause. That's that's black Thank excellence. Yeah. <laughs> He just couldn't wait to do that. <laughs> that was like my boy had it loaded up. That's what I'm talking about, Smash. <laughs> okay, I know you have a black excellence moment. Uh, I can give him one for himself. Go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, like seriously, like if, if I, to be serious, like to give uh, D a black excellence moment, like since I met D and actually, he is responsible for getting me into coaching 
starting coaching Little League because I started with him in Biloxi, but he's been coaching ever since I met him. Mm. He's been coaching the youth, and now he's coaching uh, uh, older young men at his HBCU of Alabama State. And that right there, like he has been mentoring since I've seen him, since mm. I've known him, I mean. And that right there is just black excellence itself because he has taken on the responsibility of helping young black men become better men when they get older. And, you know, so I've seen this since the day I met him and this dude has not stopped coaching since. He may have took like a year or probably four months off, <laughs> but he's been doing it the whole time while taking care of his family and raising his own son. So yeah, yeah. That's a, I, that's a, I thank you for that. Cause, and I grappled, yeah. I grappled, cause actually I think that's normal. And um, like most, when we, much when we talk, no, no, and I, I'm not saying to be humble or, but I'm saying like people that, that raised me, that was something that was always there to be done. Like you always mentor people less than yourself or you want to, mm -hmm. you know, so for me, it's normal, but I definitely, I, I definitely know it, it's black excellence. But at the same time, I just, I want my kids, I always want, want everybody to help somebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't, I'm not right. the smartest man in the room. And if I am, something's wrong with that room. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I think that's probably one of my my biggest moments, not, not being a mentorship part, that's just always gonna be there. But to be able to reach my goal of, of, of going through coaching youth and then coaching high school and then being able to get my ultimate goal is, is coaching college. Um, so a lot of people can't can't say that they've reached that their their ultimate goal, right? And so I've read. Right. So if I die today or tomorrow, I will I will feel like, hey, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Not, not financially. That's a whole different story. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but but emotional wealth, you know, enrichment. I, I think I've I've reached the pinnacle, and I, and I appreciate like somebody like my brother Smash to be able to point those things out um, <laughs> because. I mean, that's 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 my that's always been my passion. That's always been my passion. It's always been my ministry. It's through sports. You know what I'm saying? That's probably the most it's probably my brightest spots. You know, I'm not the most I'm not the mm -hmm. best student, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I think I'm a good I think I'm a good enough people person to where I can get into a room and I can inspire and I can motivate um people to reach their goals. You know, I think that's one of one of my God's gifts that I was given. So yeah, and I think it, it takes a lot to not only be a good men, a, a mentor, but to be a good mentor because there are mentors out there. They're just not the best or like yeah. good mentors. So, um, yeah, because sure. I I feel like I've definitely been like left behind by some mentors I've had in my life. But I definitely think like to be a good mentor and to have people like really look up to you and come to you for advice and just like can confide in you and trust you like that that takes a lot just as a person yeah i mean and then and just the break i mean just you know like malcolm x said america gets a cold you know black folk get the flu and just mm -hmm. for us to be able to break those stereotypes you know of um the divorce rate you know been married mm -hmm. for over 18 years I, I i broke that stereotype you know mm -hmm. you know always being my kids know who i am i broke that stereotype you know i can hold down a job i broke the, all the stereotypes that i think those are my black excellence for me because i want to be able to 
to break those stereotypes that you think that a, that a black man is supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. I mm-hmm. was one of the five eyes growing up in the 80s um, and the 90s. They didn't think we would live to be 25. I've, I've accomplished that almost twice now. You know, so mm-hmm. those those are the things that I look at as black excellence excellence for me, and it, and it's, especially the people that's around me because you know you are show me your friends and I show you your future. And I think I surrounded myself with great people, great men and women that that keeps me on a path of of always reaching for better. You know, being married to my wife um, that's always pushing you to do better. Always you no, know, don't get settled, don't settle, don't settle. Keep pushing, keep pushing. You know, so. Um, that's something that's that's really I, I take pride in, especially the people that I surround myself with. That's black excellence to myself as well. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree. Um, just not falling into that stereotype and just like making yourself like making space for yourself and just like proving that like I'm good enough and that I'm not a part of what you guys think I'm supposed to be. <laughs> right. You know. Um, I think that's good. And then also, I of course wanted to shout out y'all's black black excellence of just like your creative talent, like the editing that y'all do and just like everything. Like you guys are great so you guys you know that's a technical skill but you know i just i think you know not everybody has the impatience to do things like that so i really do appreciate you guys so and she only <laughs> saying that's max she wants you to edit this episode <laughs> <laughs> oh, i i mean it deep down so <laughs> but um you know, my overall message is just like continue to inspire and be inspired and just know like we are all capable of just achieving greatness beyond what we can imagine. So, um, and so now into the heart to heart segment. The Motivation Monday quote of the week was by Jesse Owens, who was a track athlete and specialized in sprints and the long jump. Um, He's recognized as one of the greatest athletes in track and field, and he came and dominated in the 1936 Summer Olympics as he came and won four gold medals. And so his quote said, we all have dreams in order to make dreams come into reality. It takes an awful lot of determination, dedication, self-discipline and effort. And I thought that this quote was really fitting for this episode because it kind of hits on like the four top things that you really need to make things come into reality. Like you have to be determined to keep going no matter what is like thrown your way. You have to stay dedicated even when it looks a little dark on the path you have to continue to just be dedicated if that's something you really want um and you have to have self-discipline because i mean there's times where you're going to want to stray off the path but you have to be able to bring yourself back and you have to of course have effort because nothing comes from just being lazy and not and thinking it's just supposed to come to you so you know if you want your dreams to happen continue to do those four things and um, what's meant for you is going to be meant for you so um, and even if you're working towards one dream you might end up landing somewhere else but it might be better for you so don't give up on yourself um, is there anything you guys would like to add uh, you hit that one on the head right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean just just one thing, because I, I like I like everything you said today, and then I like um, you know what D said, like you, you know he's reached his um, all his goals and stuff, and it just mm-hmm. everything that you wrapped up right there as well just made me think like you know don't place limits on yourself. You can go as far as you want to go, 
there, there are going to be obstacles in the way, but don't place those limits on yourself. You just find a way around or through the obstacle and, and make it happen. But yeah. too many just, times we place limits on ourselves. Just keep, just keep yourself going and be prepared for the moment. Because mm-hmm. you never know when that moment is going to present itself. You know what I'm saying? You can right. sit around and say, I'm waiting for the moment. And when it comes, I'm going to get prepared. No, you mm-hmm. should always be working and preparing yourself for that moment. So when it presents itself, you can take advantage of it. Exactly. Yes. Um, well, that is all for today's episode of Talks with Tatiana. Um, thank you all for joining this episode. Um, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Wait. Wait, no, we not ending like this. No, we're not. No, no, no. So off wax, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna take over the show here. So off wax, ladies and gentlemen. We had a discussion about what movies would constitute uh, controlling, or holding, or or revoking your black card, and we discussed movies. So there were we went through like a hundred movies and Tati only watched like three. <laughs> so yeah. in my defense, I, yeah. I don't think I'm I'm much of a movie person. It I think it just you know, I've seen like a lot of scenes. I know these movies. I've just maybe not seen like the whole duration of the movie, you know? <laughs> and she and her go-to is uh, everybody loves Chris. That's her favorite show. She, everybody she hates Chris, but it's okay. Everybody you hates know? Chris. I love Chris. <laughs> everybody hates Chris. I love him. I love you, Chris. It's <laughs> yeah. my daughter's favorite show too. But you know, I, we we're gonna give her a list, and it's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give her a list of it's thirty day. How many days next month? So we're gonna give her 20 movies. <laughs> 20 movies. And then she's gonna she's gonna give us in her closing, she's gonna tell us about these movies. And oh. so, <laughs> okay. This is what she tasked me. We had to get this on wax though. We had to get this on wax. Because yes. if we didn't, she wouldn't she wouldn't follow through with it. <laughs> Yes, but I, I, I'm a. I will, like at the end of episodes, um, I will, as a part of my, you know, going into a hundred episodes, I will you give go. you guys that promise of I will tell a little snippet of what I gained from the movie. So this is episode <laughs> ninety, right? Yes. Okay. So that we have. Okay, so we're gonna give you ten movies. We're gonna cut it down to ten, okay. leading up to episode one hundred. Okay. That's. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. Now you gotta watch it to the end, Tati. You can't cut okay. it off. Okay, I, I will watch it to the end. And choices but, does not count. Okay. <laughs> right, no Tubi movies. Okay, noted. Okay. So go ahead. Oh, Throw your closing out now. Yes. Uh, but thank you guys for joining. It's always a great time having you guys on the episode. So thank you. I really appreciate it.
that is all for today's episode of Talks with Tatiana. And thank you all for listening and learning through my Black History Month series. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tatiana underscore on Facebook at Talks with Tatiana and on Twitter at Talk with Tatiana without the S after talk. Turn on your post notifications and please leave ratings, reviews, and share with your friends. Until next time, remember, stay open, stay kind, and keep fighting the good fight.